You just knew it couldn't be normal. Not yet, anyway. China has stopped selling tickets to the Winter Olympics set to begin next month in Beijing. Officials want to ensure the health and safety of those involved in the games. With the Omicron variant raging, the Chinese government had already banned foreign spectators. Now, Chinese citizens will have to watch from home too. All of this adds to an already strange time in Chinese history. These games have been the subjects of diplomatic boycotts by some Western countries, and tensions are rising with neighboring Taiwan. But can this giant nation save face during these spectatorless Olympics? Beyond that. Many are questioning why Beijing is hosting the Winter Games in the first place. After all, it hardly ever snows there. One thing is certain: these Winter Olympics will be strange. Life is always unexpected on this planet, but Christians can rejoice in what we do expect: a new heavens and a new earth. Welcome to Haven today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series this week called "The Deep, Deep Love of Jesus." If you were listening yesterday, you know our title comes from the 19th-century hymn by the same name. There's always been something about that hymn that really resonates inside me. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus! 'Tis a heaven of heavens to me, and it lifts me up to glory, for it lifts me up to Thee. I hope that touches your heart as well. After all, there is no greater joy than to know Jesus. And all this week, we're talking about the love of our Savior, and specifically, we're thinking about how His love changes us. Yesterday, we heard from pastor and author Dane Ortland. He has shared that too often we seek to produce change with our own willpower, but too often, that is only external change. And the Bible says that true change begins with the heart, as we look and turn to Jesus. If we look at change, we are looking at ourselves. If we look at Christ, we are lifting our eyes off of ourselves and looking at Him, and change comes in the back. That's my fundamental understanding from the Scripture of how we grow as believers. Pastor Dane Ortland, he'll be back with us in a few minutes to talk more about the three types of people. C.S. Lewis saw in this world, and how only one type, truly, can move into the arms of Jesus and find true change happening in their lives. It's very important, and I encourage you to stay around and hear what that is. After the program, I want to send you a copy of Day Nortland's new book, or the audio version of the book. It's called Deeper: Real Change for Real Sinners. And this is a follow-up book to last year's surprising bestseller called *Gentle and Lowly*. I told Dane, I believe that this new book, *Deeper*, is even better because it helps you and me see how we can look to Jesus and find real change in our lives. So why don't you call us after the program and get a copy of the book by making a gift to the ministry? The number is eight hundred six five four twenty eight. Thirty-six. That's eight hundred sixty-five Haven. 
or go to our website after the program, read a sample chapter from the book, or listen to a few minutes of Dane reading from his book, and you can do that. Make your gift, but do it at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And not to forget, it's still not too late to start reading the Bible in 90 days with me. Sign up for the free weekly reading plan or make a gift for the Bible, which helps you see where to start and where to end each day. Now, let's get the program going. We heard the song yesterday. I think we need to hear it again. Here's Brian Darkson, who lives outside Abbotsford, British Columbia in Canada.
Did you hear? Tis a haven sweet of rest. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. A hymn very close to the heart of Haven Ministries since 1934, singing the great truths of Christ's love for his people. And Brian Dirksen, I'm so glad he included that in his Hymns for Life album. My name is Charles Morris. The program is called Haven Today. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you were on a long road trip? You know the kind I'm thinking of when you have to spend a while on an interstate or travel many, many miles across country on a lonely highway at times? Well, I know I've done it a lot, a lot of road trips in my day, growing up in Oklahoma and Kansas and North Dakota and Louisiana. If you wanted to go anywhere, you had to drive for a while. And how much attention do you have to pay when you're flying down the pavement on the way to your destination? A lot, or else it can get very dangerous very quickly. There's a ditch on the side of the road, after all. And the goal is to avoid both sides and leaving the road. And you have to do that and be careful, stay awake, keep your eyes on the road. Well, that's like life a lot of the time, isn't it? You can fall off the road on either side. And that's true when we think about Jesus, too. In the ditch on either side of a highway, there are people who don't think they are really sinners. After all, they're not so bad, or so they think. They might have made mistakes here and there, but who hasn't? We're all only human. But the Bible paints a different picture of us. In Ephesians 2, we read that without Jesus Christ, we are dead in our transgressions and sins. And on the other side of the road, in the other ditch, are the people who know they are sinners but don't think there's any hope. These are the people who realize they need a Savior. They understand what they deserve, God's condemnation, but they think there's nothing that can be done for me. I am completely hopeless. Well, once again, let's go to my friend and author, Dane Ortland, who will help us think about these things with the help of an essay that C.S. Lewis wrote many years ago. What he says in two pages, Charles, two-page mm. essay, mm. <laughs> is simply, <laughs> there are not two kinds of people in the world, those who obey the rules and those who disobey the rules, the religious, the irreligious. Rather, there are three kinds of people. Person number one, those who, the, the irreligious, they toss out all the rules, they live any old way they want, they mm -hmm. say, I'm not going to try to follow conscience or the Bible or any other faith system. Okay, person number one. Person number two, this is the person, Lewis says, who tries to keep the rules, who tries to obey whatever they believe they should be obeying. Maybe it's the Ten Commandments. Maybe it's the ethics of Jesus. Maybe it's their own conscience, whatever. But they do it, Lewis says, like tax paying. They do it like uh, hoping that once they have uh, obeyed these rules or laws, that there will be enough left over for them to live on. <laughs> and he says, actually, he says, most of us are operating in that kind of way all the time without even realizing it. But he says, for the third kind of person, they have stopped negotiating that. They've stopped saying, okay, I'm going to live God's way for this, for, the, for this part of my day, and then hopefully I can live my way. They have collapsed into the arms of God. They have said, like Philippians 1, to live as Christ. And um, they've thrown out the taxpaying kind of obeying. And this is actually mm -hmm. what the New Testament gives us for mm -hmm. what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. Hmm. 
that could easily lead me into uh, that subtitle of your <laughs> of your book. Um, why is it I don't like to see myself as a sinner? Why is it hard for me to approach the throne of grace every day as a sinner in need of grace? Uh, I, I want to just think I've got it all together. I, I wish I were Benjamin Franklin, even though Benjamin Franklin could never accomplish what he thought he could accomplish. You and me both, brother. And uh, yeah, we the reason that we don't like to think of ourselves as sinners is that we are sinners. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, we have a reflex, the very disease of sin itself prevents us from feeling the weight of the horror of the disease. <laughs> that's mm. one of the symptoms of it. And he um, was a doctor. Yes. He was, exactly. <laughs> he was a doctor. That's right. And um, so, yeah, the subtitle, Real Change for Real Sinners, was very carefully chosen because what I'm trying to say there is uh, real change for real sinners as opposed to um, behave, merely behavioral change for theoretical sinners. Um, I am a sinner. I, 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 I not only believe in the doctrine of original sin as infecting Dane's life, I also prove that doctrine every day <laughs> in how I actually am going through life. So um, I, want, I just want to um, be totally transparent in this book and say, can we all agree and admit that even as regenerate, as born-again believers, we are desperately desperately self-entrenched, self-absorbed, and cannot break out of it on our own steam. And let's be honest about that. And let's let God's um, redeeming, transforming grace radiate way down deep into the cracks and crevices of our our true and deepest uh, sinfulness. The author of the new book called Deeper, Real Change for Real Sinners, Pastor Dane Ortland here on A Haven Today. And I'm Charles Morris. You know, there's a lot to think about in what Dane says, isn't there? We are sinners. And sinners need a Savior. Because we can't save ourselves by what we do or don't do. But the good news is that God did send a Savior into the world 2,000 years ago. As the angel told Joseph, Mary will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's why he came. Have you ever stopped to think about that? Why did Christ have to come to the earth? What did God the Son wish to accomplish when he took on flesh and was born of a virgin named Mary? The salvation of sinners like you and me to the glory of God. Jesus saves. Now, I realize that's almost or is a cliche nowadays. We see it on t-shirts and bumper stickers and signs in the crowd at sporting events, but it is true. Jesus saves, and might I add, only Jesus saves. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Those are the words of the Apostle Peter from Acts chapter 4. Christ is not just a jump start. He isn't the type of Savior who just gets us going and then the rest is all up to us. Or as some of our brothers and sisters used to say hundreds of years ago, Jesus isn't half a Savior. In other words, Jesus doesn't just make us right in God's sight and then abandon us. He's with us all the way. 
And that is why there is hope for sinners. Even those people who trust in Christ are still sinners. We can't get out of this on our own. But praise be to God. We don't have to go it alone. Jesus is a full, complete Savior. And he has promised that although he will save us as we are, he won't leave us as we are. And that's really at the heart of what we want to think about in this series this week. After all, these ideas are something that we can all struggle with at different times in our lives. But we need to remember the deep, deep love of Jesus. Do we hear things like, Jesus is with me? And the first thing that comes to our mind is judgment? I'm afraid that's a common thing for many of us. But for those of us who are trusting in him for our salvation, well, we should have a different picture. In Isaiah 42, there's a prophecy about the coming Messiah. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. If you believe in Jesus, he won't break you or snuff you out, even though you're bruised and smoldering. As we continue this series this week, won't you consider with me that maybe, just maybe, you and I have too small a view of our Savior. After all, the greatest story ever told is all about Jesus. A small view of the Son of God can't be all there is. The Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 4 that speaking the truth in love we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So we should know who our head is, Jesus, the Savior. Won't you throw yourself on his mercy and grace? Won't you place your trust in him, maybe even for the first time today? After all, he is our only Savior, and he is the only one who can take us deeper, and I mean really deeper, in the Christian life. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that love could rescue the souls of You 
What a wonderful, merciful Savior we have. Susan Ashton leading us in song here on this Haven Today. And I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. And we're calling the program The Deep, Deep Love of Jesus. The big question for every Christian is how do we grow? How do we stop sinning? How do we live holy lives? There are lots of books out there with plans and methods to help you change outwardly. But Christ Jesus always spoke about the heart and how we need to be born again. And we can't reform the old. We need to begin anew in the spirit. But how does that happen? Well, in Dane Ortland's new book called Deeper, Real Change for Real Sinners, he makes the case that sanctification does not happen by doing more or becoming better, but by going deeper into the wondrous gospel truths that washed over us when we were first united in Christ. That's the message that every Christian needs to hear, including me. It's a message every non-Christian needs to hear as well. Why don't you call us right now? The number to call to get Dane Ortland's brand new book is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website, and the web address is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And if you come to the website, you can read a sample chapter of Dane's new book. You can listen to an excerpt from the audiobook or even watch a short video where Dane talks more about our union with Christ. And then you can make your gift and ask for the book or the audiobook there at haventoday.org. And remember, you can still sign up for our free weekly Bible reading plan on our website. That'll help you go through all the scriptures in 90 days. And I still want to remind you that you can join me in reading the Bible together in less than three months. And when you go to our website or when you give us a call, you can still get that special 90-day Bible. We have slightly larger print that'll help you to see where to start and where to stop each day. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again we'll share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Years ago, I made up a bedtime story for my children. It was about a princess who had an adventure. No, it's not original, but it was a big hit. And for many nights after that, they asked for a new installment. I have to admit, though, my extemporaneous plot lines were starting to get a little bit predictable. It's given me a fresh appreciation for God's endless creativity and weaving all of our unique stories into his one great story. And if you belong to Jesus, the great thing is, you don't have to wonder how your story will turn out. Romans 8:28. we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Get some daily encouragement you need for your walk with Christ with Anchor Devotional. Try it in print monthly at getanchor.com.